I had a sobering experience last week. Um, my family was visiting, uh, and my parents showed up for a socially distanced bike ride, and and we rode our bikes up this dead end road to a house where the my girls had a couple years before uh, taken part in a summer camp. And on either side of the road up to this property were fields that at the time had been um, being used for uh, a vegetable farm that was located there at the time, not anymore, and being grazed. I think they had sheep, maybe some llamas as well. Um, and... It must have been three years ago, and and I know that the vegetable farm moved out at the end of that year, so it's been a couple of years. And we drove, or sorry, we rode our bikes along this stretch of road a week ago, and the fields were almost unrecognizable. They were completely gone to hell. Multiflora rose was growing up in them. The fertility looked absolutely crap. And they were very swiftly turning back into forest. Now, putting aside all the things of let nature be what it wants to be, yada, yada, yada. I live in New England. Everything wants to turn back into forest. The only reason it wants to be pasture in the first place is because of grazing and mowing. Um... And this was a sobering reminder for me of how quickly things decline when you stop pouring your energy into them. I think we think of ourselves as creating something that will last forever, right? We, we have this idea that our reputations will last forever, or our legacy will last forever, or our, uh, the things we've created, our buildings, our, the land we've cleared, the, the institutions we've helped create, the culture that we've helped create will last forever. But the truth is, they're much more contingent on continuing to pour energy into them than we think. And even when you think you've created something that will last in people's memories, it is always subject to being, to decaying and being taken over by something else than we are willing to think it will be. And so, for me, it's a good reminder that the thing that matters is not getting the field to a place where it's great, right? Where the fertility's high, where the the trees are kept pushed back, where the mix of species is good. The thing is maintaining it that way. 
and improving it because there's plenty of improvements that on the surface look the same, but in the soil, in the species, in the fertility, in the, all of the stuff can be drastically different. And it's no different with anything, right? The, the surface changes that we notice are just the biggest ones, and there's all these small improvements that can happen. And, and that is the work of, of a lifetime. That is the work of steadfast effort. That is the work that continues quietly over and over and over again. I see this in my Christmas tree farm all the time. My Christmas tree farm is a managed forest and it balances between being wild and being tame. And, and the effort that I put in each year is carefully calibrated to maintain it in that state. And if I didn't put that effort in each year, Harvesting the overgrown trees, clearing the paths, pushing back, cutting the stuff I don't want to have there. People think of Christmas tree farms, the important thing is trimming the trees, but that's actually probably the least important for my purposes. The most important is all of this other stuff that happens as I'm filling orders. And if I didn't put in that effort then it would not be what it is. We have this myth that there is a sort of climax state that is the most pure state that something can be, that an ecosystem can be in, right? The redwood forests that are in a climax state that has nothing to do with us. And while that's true for many ecosystems, and we can visit those places, anywhere that we want to actually live requires that we... It doesn't just require. It is an inextricable fact that we have an impact on the places where we live. And so the question is, what is that impact going to be, and how can we make our contributions make the place better? For ourselves, but also to make this ecosystem, the soil, the fertility, the whole cycle, make it the best it can possibly be. And I would argue that in New England, the small field surrounded by forest is one of the most biologically rich, most pragmatically useful uh, ecosystems for many species, not least of which is us. It gives us the opportunity to grow things that want sunlight. It gives us the opportunity to grow things that want partial shade. It gives us the opportunity to have forest and those resources at our disposal. But that ecosystem doesn't happen in a vacuum. And it only persists because people, real people, human beings, do certain work every year. And if they don't, 
then you lose that ecosystem. And you lose it fast. And that's what I saw when we biked past these fields that someone could claw back still, but it was shocking how, how run down they looked. And I think that understanding how to maintain and increase fertility in, in hay fields and pasture land is one of the great things that we have forgotten in our culture. It used to be that it was commonplace to manage these small patches of grass And you would rely on cobbling together a patch here, a patch there, a patch here to be able to raise hay or graze the small number of livestock that you have. And as our agriculture has gotten bigger and bigger, we increasingly seem incapable of thinking about that. And instead we leave it to people who have very large farms to think in very large terms about the aggregate fertility across these large spaces. And when we think of fertility, if we do it all, we think of it in terms of buying in yards of compost for gardening. But I had the opportunity to talk with the, these young farmers who took over the, the dairy where we buy our milk. And we were talking about you know, what needs to happen to the pastures up there, which um, have been remineralized to some extent, but the organic matter is still quite low. And the wife, she was saying that one of the principles is that you need, uh, in order to increase the organic matter in an area of land with animals, you need more animals then the land is fit to, um, then the land is able to support itself. Meaning they need to be large numbers of animals moving through briefly that eat and trample the grass and that build up organic matter at a scale that is greater than would happen um, if you, like if it takes, I'm going to make up some numbers, but if a cow requires two acres of grass to feed itself throughout the summer, it's going to do a crummy job of fertilizing that two acres of grass and it will gradually decline. But if instead you take 10 cows and you put it on that acre for well, heck, if you take 10 cows and you put it on a quarter of an acre for three days, they're going to eat all the grass. Ideally, you don't leave them on until they eat it all the way down. They're going to eat the grass until you take them off it. And you want them to have eaten half of it and left the other half kind of trampled and all pooped over. And the grass is going to rebound from that in a much better state than if you let it grow and had a cow nibbling here and nibbling there. So it's complex. There's lots of systems that 
change this for someone like me that doesn't have a cow the situation is slightly different and um I think of my pastures as providing fertility that I then move through the chicken run to finish their, their thing. Hold on, i got to pause for a second. For my abilities, I'm edging towards a time when it will make sense for me to buy several yards of compost, probably four yards of compost to spread around the areas of my meadow that are the least uh that are sort of the the have the least organic matter and that will be something that i might repeat after a couple of years uh but in the meantime i'm liming and adding rock phosphate and i'm mowing uh at least once probably more like twice a year and that is advantaging some plants and disadvantaging others. And for me, that's the, that's the right move for my half acre of meadow that I manage. Um, and the point is, is that I see this as a long-term relationship that I have with this piece of land. And I see the effort that I put in has to be, the story can't be about reclaiming reclaiming a, a, you know, a run-over piece of meadow, although it was, and I have, and, and bringing it back to, you know, an amazing spot and then stopping, or not stopping, but then like stopping, mm, talking about what's going on because frankly that's the easy part and much harder because it's less uh sexy to talk about it is the steady work year after year of maintaining and slowly improving a piece of land it reminds me of uh accounts on instagram where somebody builds a house or reclaims a house and uh, documents the whole process of doing that and gets it to a high state of perfection. And then, and then what? They live with it in a high state of polished new house perfection forever? Like, it's not clear what the, what, what comes next and whether that's within their skill set to share and document. But frankly, to me, that's the more interesting part is the everyday life and the care that we all take to keep things from sliding back to the entropy that we clawed them out from. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow.